Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between, welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience. And you will be excited because you don't just have to listen to me on this episode, ready to bless your ear holes with another guest episode because I'm joined on the show tonight uh, by the founder and co host of the stupendous the hoops show youtube channel um a lifelong geelong supporter and brad closer's number one fan the one and only ben reeve how are you ben good thank you jake and a lifelong supporter of yourself and your multiple podcasts as well <laughs> lifelong being yeah. a couple of years three years mate oh two years i think <laughs> yes. our third yeah that works that works yeah <laughs> I'll, I'll eventually launch a third and a fourth one. Just, just wait. <laughs> just give it time. Um, <laughs> so, so, so straight off the bat, you're Brad Close's number one fan. But how'd you feel about him going without the long sleeves today? Is that oh, up to code? Well, I did half expect it to happen because uh, round one last year was another hot one. I think we played the Bombers at the MCG, uh, and that was a stinker mm. as well. So. He, he 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 allowed himself not to wear the sleeves on that day, and he rocked up today. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. But I just don't. I, I'm hoping and I'm praying that it's not a new thing for 2023. That it's a, I just won a premiership. I can get the guns out now. No, I just it's it's a bad omen, and I'm a little bit superstitious about these things. Um, and to top it off, his his namesake uh, Ted Close, he came out without the sleeves on as well. So uh, no, no one had the sleeves on today, which you would expect this on a 32 it- degree day down in Geelong. Yeah, no good. I, I think they should just force him to. They should only make him long sleeve um, top. Put it in his contract. That should be Put all. In the, in the exactly. Contract. He's, he just signed one, didn't he? I'm sure. I don't know why they didn't put it in. Uh, what's his name? Simon Lloyd. You're dropping the ball a bit there. That's right. Long sleeves only. Long sleeves only, only. for Brad Close. Um, good win too. Good win. Yeah, uh, no, preseason win over the Hawks. Um, but that's, yeah, we're not, not here to preview or recap anything. I mean, we might get into some of that, but the wanted to have you on for a general sports chat because I've been doing these interviews with uh, people from all over the world about their passion for sport and how they, you know, came to be involved in sport. It's a big thing in the lives of so many people. And you were someone I've wanted to chat to for a while and we've finally made it work. So we made it happen. I want we're to making it happen. Oh, and I think it's going to happen multiple times this year. I've, I've got to feel feeling. the energy. Mate. I'll come on your it. show. Yep. You can come on our show. It'll, it'll just be, it'll be a beautiful thing. Actually, um, I owe you a few. I do owe you a few because you're on my show. Uh, you and the boys were on uh, the, the other boys from your other party were on uh, my show quite a bit last year. So I think I'm in the red to you fun. guys a little bit. So <laughs> bit of return. So, <laughs> no, we, where, when and where I can. Awesome. Absolutely. And you're doing a heap of work on the Hoops Show um, YouTube channel, on Twitter, etc. You should definitely get over and follow the Hoops Show. Um, I wanted to start off asking you, what is your earliest sporting memory? And this can be, you know, as fragmented as you like. What's what's that first thing that you recall about sport in your life? Uh, yeah, it'd have to be, I reckon I was about six years old and mum and dad had just split up and I was mm-hmm. staying in with mum at that time. I was on and off a little bit with both, but I was with mum and I had Pat Cash had been dominating at Wimbledon and 
and made it all the way to the final. And I was like, oh, what's this guy? Because, you know, it's like the first guy ever that's in tennis that's ever had any success uh, in industry because I'd never seen yeah. a successful tennis player. Um, we'd kind of gone through a bit mm. of a rough trot um, for a little while there. And then Pat Cash made the grand final and everyone's talking about it. And uh, it was big. It was it was so hyped up. Uh, everyone was chatting about it. And I got into it. And I was like, oh. And then I tried to stay up. But I was six years old. And I... I reckon I would have got to about nine thirty. <laughs> fell asleep, and uh, I think I woke up the next morning, and I was just shocked when Mum and my, my older sister at the time said, "Oh, you won it! You won it!" And I'm like, "Yeah." Hey. Um, but that's that's pretty much that's for me. That was probably the big one. Uh, and uh, surprisingly, I didn't really play tennis. Um, might have had a crack at it when I was young, but um, didn't really uh, take it up seriously until I was like nine or ten. So. Um, mm. but yeah, that that was probably the first thing that really made me think about sport. I My mean, cricket was always on. Test match cricket was always on in the background and even a bit of mm. um, pyjama cricket, the state pyjama cricket was on in the background as well uh, back in the day in the in the 90s and uh, it used to be in the, of the Sheffield Shield and the Pure Milk Cup or whatever it was back then, but that was yeah. always on in the background. But uh, I, I, I probably cricket was probably the first one for me, but uh, in terms of the biggest memory from those from early days, it was, yeah, it was tennis that brought me into it really. With the, Pat, the old Pat Cash yeah. with his headband. That's it's funny because I, now that I think about it, like tennis, if, if I sort of plumb the depths of my memory for like first sporting things, I reckon I remember some very, very early Aussie Open memories um, at my grandparents' place in Benalla. We weren't living up this way at the time. We would just we would come up and holiday around Christmas and that sort of thing. And I, yeah, I remember a few... Um, my uncle was really into tennis, and I reckon I remember a few Aussie Opens um, back yeah. in the day as well. So I don't remember any. I don't remember any from that year. It was just uh, it was Wimbledon, and that was it. And I think it was um, years later when I finally went to one. Oh, this is pretty good. Uh, this is this Australian yeah. Open. That way you could get in pretty easily and get onto Santa Court without much without much trouble. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. much much harder. It's harder to get a grand pass ticket these days. You've got to be a millionaire. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it is. Uh, I still haven't been to the tennis. Been to footy, been to cricket, um, but yeah, haven't been to haven't been to the tennis yet. Um, w- would like to go. So, that's your earliest sort of memories. When did sport? And I think anyone who's as nutty about sport as as people like yourself and me are, you know, we just you know live it, breathe it, consume any any little scrap of sport. Like, there comes a moment in time where it becomes more than just someone hitting a ball back across a net or or someone kicking a ball through goalposts or whatever it might be. It, it transcends the mundane and sort of comes alive in this magical way. Like, when did that happen for you? Do you have a particular memory where you were like, wow, this, is, this just went to another level for me. This just embedded a little deeper in, into my being. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably a, a Geelong Cats memory. Um, yeah, and a lot, a lot of them are like I was sort of a, a passive supporter of the club uh, as a young kid growing up, and sort of started paying attention when the Cats um, made the '89 Grand Final. But I was still in the backyard mucking around with some kids and not really just checking the score every now and then, not really taking it too seriously. And um, and yeah, obviously, sort of similar thing in '92. I reckon it was about. 11 years old and sort of I was on a I was actually up in Mermaid Beach in Queensland or it must have been on a family holiday and school holidays or something like that in September and I was in the pool most of the time so it wasn't really until 1994 that I started getting into it and it was a game 
it was the famous uh, Billy Brownless. Uh, for those that do watch a bit of footy, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, the goal after the siren against the Footscray Bulldogs, as they were at the time. Now, the Western Bulldogs, um, Billy, uh, there's seconds left in, on the clock and uh, Billy comes sprinting out of the goal square and marks it, what, about 40 metres out or something like that at full stretch. Um, and, uh, yeah, everyone's getting into his ear and telling him what to do and then the siren goes and he takes a deep breath and... And goes back and and dobs it uh, twenty rows back. <laughs> I was just mm. he really followed through and uh, and we we won after the siren uh, into the into the next week of the finals and I, I just couldn't believe it. I think I'm just I was trying to do the sums in my head. I reckon I was about thirteen around, around about that early sort of adolescent age, uh, and mm. I was just oh I love this game of footy. This is fantastic. Uh, can we win every single final? This would be great. Um, it was just amazing, um, but. I was lucky enough also to go to the grand final that year uh, in the standing room only. So a 13-year-old, can you imagine being standing room uh, at the MCG with a bunch of drunk louts? I was shoulder to shoulder. I could barely see a thing. And uh, so that's not that's not a great memory. Uh, it made me hate the West against Eagles for a long, long time because they played the song mm. over and over and over at the end. It's like about 10 times. And I just I was just grumpy at them because I think it was uh, – I think we lost, um, yeah, two years ago to them as well. Um, but yeah, that was that was uh, the the Billy Brownless one uh, did it for me, and uh, I'd never looked back in terms of my love of the footy and love of the cats. After that, uh, I've, I've, it's a bit of a roller coaster for me. I've always always loved the cats, but um, I get grown. I'm better now. I'm 43 now, but I, oh my goodness me, when I was younger, I'd I'd be uh, very up and down. <laughs> I'd be high as a kite or I'd be down in the dumps, uh, but a little bit even now. I like to think so anyway, uh, especially when I'm trying yeah. to do this YouTube thing. I don't want to come off as, a, as an idiot, uh, lose <laughs> my, blow on my top every five minutes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I remember like definitely. So I'm 33 this year and I, I had to give it a break for a bit. I remember like early 2000s um, would just live and live and die by it so much. And um, yeah, it got to the, got like, got to the point, I don't know, in the early 2010s where it was just like, at times I was like, I think it's actually uncomfortable for other people to watch footy around me at times. And so I gave it, I gave it a break for 12 months and did a bit of self-evaluation and, and came back with a different sort of mindset towards it. And it's, it's been much more enjoyable for me and everyone else since. Um, I'm picturing so, you packing uh, your bag and, and heading off into the wilderness uh, well, that's right. <laughs> with your walking Tied stick. Tied up the rucksack. Living yeah. in, a magic, in a magic bus. And <laughs> that's right. That was pretty much it. That was pretty much it. Um, yeah, yeah. There was there was a lot of, uh, I don't know, that that 2008 Hawthorne. Oh, my oh. goodness. That, that was, I actually remember driving down our whole family who are all pretty much Geelong supporters caught up in Geelong at my uncle's house. Uh, the town was, was on fire with cats footy. And then it, yeah. oh, what an ugly, ugly afternoon. And I remember I went and saw a movie that night um, oh. to try and get my mind off. it. I went and saw Tropic Thunder at the Geelong oh, cinema okay. and um I tell you what, town was dead. It was a ghost town. It was an absolute yeah. ring ghost town. Oh, um, I had the flu that night, actually, or that whole day. And oh, somehow I went to my – this is pre-COVID and we probably didn't take yeah. the precautions that we used to take back then. But uh, <laughs> so I went there sick as a dog. I think I, I think I went too hard earlier in the week uh, with some partying yeah. around 
uh, Brownlow night and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. I was paying for it. And I was, yeah, just sick as a dog. And so that wasn't a great day. And yeah, my, all my brothers and friends were just trying to get me drunk. And I was like, leave me alone. I don't want to drink. I just want to sit here and be miserable. And then I was just grumpy at everyone. Oh. So it wasn't a great day. But I should have gone to the movies. Like, you sound like you had a good idea. Funny movie, that one. Yeah, yeah, I had to get out, had to get out. So, yeah, a little bunch of us went off and, and watched Tropic Thunder. And um, I tell you what, that was, that was, that ranks up there with my most miserable days as a footy fan. Um, the Tigers grand final loss was oh. kind of, ex not, not expected, but it was kind of like, they, they were clearly the better team. That Hawthorne one to me still feels like a stolen, a stolen premiership, I've got to say. Oh, it's the the prelim against Richmond the year uh, the year before I think it was um, where we were up at yeah. half time and that was actually funnily yeah. enough that actually hurts more than the grand final I just thought we had them on toast and you could see yeah. it turning but um, anyway you can't win them all and that's what makes footy great because uh, yeah it's uh, the highs and the lows of the thing you can't win everything. But we are used to winning everything as Geelong supporters, aren't we? So we are lately. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, <laughs> any Carlton fans or, you know, North Melbourne fans tuning in. Hey Jesus, <laughs> the problems of, yeah, the, the problems of footy's elite. Um, so just a little bonus question here. I've got, I've got yeah. to ask you. I was thinking about this when you were talking about, you know, um, kicking the footy in the backyard and stuff. I, I was going back to thinking about who was the first footy player I ever sort of like impersonated in the backyard. And and oh. I realized the first one ever w is a bizarre one. I remember pretending to be Clark Keating, Brisbane Lions Ruckman from those early 2000s teams. No <laughs> idea why, but I liked Clark I like Keating. Um, but later on, more teenage years, so probably this is when I was watching the VFL a lot say like 2005 2006 james podsy adley was one playing oh, yeah, for werribee i oh. oh and was thrilled when he came to the cast just his i would always try and take those fingertip marks that he took which you know just sticky fingertips that he'd get out in front of his head and just clutch the ball it was it was amazing physics defying who who was it for you did you have someone oh, yeah uh look i, I do have a I'll stay with the backyard theme if that's if you'll allow me to. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it's because it's a, it's actually a good story. Uh, so I was living in the bush, well, not the bush, um, thirty minutes out of Geelong. Let's call it the bush um, on a yeah. couple of a couple of acres. Um, and I was inside one day, and my my brother comes running in. He says, uh, "Gary Ablett's next door," and this is Gary Ablett Senior. So at the time, it was like mid nineties or whatever it was, and Gary Ablett Senior's yeah. next door, and I'm like, "He is pulling my leg. I'm not falling for this." Uh, but sure enough, yeah. it was true. Uh, our, he was pretty close wow. with our neighbours, and I didn't know that. Uh, and so, I oh, like sort of sticky bag. He didn't have the normal paling fences; it's just this wire. You know, is it in the country? You're yeah. probably familiar with that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, so I all went over there, and and uh, we sort of the neighbours sort of beckoned us over, come over, and um, oh, how you going? And shaking, shook his hand, and. These little shit kids were running around our ankles as well, and turned out to be Gary Ablett Jr. and Nathan Ablett, but that's okay. Um, yeah. And so we just, and then we start having a kick to kick with uh, Ablett Senior. He's doing little twenty meter torpies at us, and and I'm uh, I'll go back to your original question: Who did you imitate? Well, I was just taking speckies on my brother and yelling at Ablett, uh, the old Rex. <laughs> Which I don't know if you thought was funny. I didn't really look for his reaction, but I thought I had to go. I had to do it. Um, and then he said, yeah. "All right, bugger off." And um, he sent us next door 
all back home again and with his kids and uh, had a kick had, had a kick with Junior and Nathan. They were I was like, I want to play, I want to play with Gary Ablett. Uh, but yeah. It's uh, now I look back on it and go, oh, yeah, it's not too bad, actually. Um, but yes, yeah. don't, let Gary, don't let Gary Ablett Jr. near your fridge. Uh, I'm sure he's I'm sure okay. he's improved now, but he came in the house and he just raided the pantry in the fridge. And I'm like, oh, geez, help yourself, mate. Um, he just went, what do you got? What do you got? And uh, clearly had a big appetite. Um, yeah, but I, I think Nath was like four or five at the time. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, Gary Ablett Jr., he was, a, he was a little bugger. Goodness me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think there's a few um, AFL players who probably would have the same opinion. It's just like, geez, can you just get out of my hair for just for like five seconds, Gary? I was talking to someone the other day and just saying like, Ablett Jr., maybe more than any player I've watched, just the the ability at any point in a game to make another professional look like an absolute just layabout. You know, just... just you know, those players that you watch sometimes in any sport, that's like, this guy can make another professional look like an idiot at a moment's notice. Um, just incredible skill. Oh. So how, how did your passion for sport grow? So for obviously, you know, you, you're watching the tennis, you know, that's your sort of first memories. And then the, the Billy Brownless kicks the goal. But how did it sort of grow from there into this passion yeah, yeah. that's obviously... Yeah, well, I've always grown up around sport uh, and probably mostly cricket because uh, dad and mm. my older eight, brother, who's eight years older than me at the time, uh, were always playing on Saturday afternoons. Uh, brother probably played a bit of junior cricket and senior cricket. He was just all, all cricket and dad was uh, at the tail end of his career. He was probably in the late 30s, 40s at that point in time. So I was always at the cricket club, always asking mm. for a can of Coke and a, and a pie or, or a chip or a sausage roll or whatever it was. Uh, just hanging out with the other cricket ferals, um, just around the under the grandstand, and uh, I had this little thing where we'd grab a can of coke and we'd pierce it with a little rock, and we'd sort of sort of suck it down, suck it, suck the coke out through the straw. It was like it, you could not drink the coke any any other way. Um, but that was how we spent. I spent hours and hours, six hours, seven hours at the cricket club in Lara, just uh, just outside Geelong, in between in between Melbourne. And that's just how we spent our Saturday mornings. And I was like, I was like, it wasn't a question. It wasn't even a question. I was like, yeah, I'm playing cricket. I'm coming. No worries. And sometimes there'd be a mate there that I knew, and other times it'd just be me just mucking around on a hill and mm. take my little push bike, a BMX bike, and I'd be doing little things like that. And uh, yeah, so cricket was probably a big thing for me. And then lucky, very, very lucky, I have to say, um, that uh, got got to go to England for. Uh, six months, um, right about the time that mum and dad split up, as I mentioned earlier, because dad, um, dad got a mm. job over in the UK. And um, so I was able to go live there, for, go to school, primary school, and play a bit of cricket over there. And it's not like in uh, Australia where you play your junior cricket on a car- on a carpet mat on concrete. It's uh, all turf. So, yeah. uh, so I felt like a, I felt like uh, a big thing. Uh, but, yeah, and I just had this attitude, oh, you're an Aussie, and the Aussies were on top. And... I got on the plane with uh, in 1989 to go over there to England and uh, just happens to be the Australian cricket team was catching a flight at the, exactly the same time and day. And uh, so I got all the autographs from all the players and didn't really know many of them, but uh, went up to went up to Steve Waugh and Alan Border and Steve Waugh was really nice. And I said, oh, he's going to be my new favourite player. And he had the, <laughs> the summer to dream about. Um, absolutely killed it. Couldn't get him out for about four, uh, four or five matches, but um, but that was great. And then... Uh, that was the days where Murphy's was running around and all that sort of stuff as well. So I was the uh, I was the Aussie 
um, at the English school uh, who everyone wanted to talk to me about cricket. Like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just figuring cricket out. I've never – and so I, I got to play a little bit. Um, first time really playing cricket at all in any in any level uh, over there and uh, or in Australia as well and uh, just having a hit and uh, just took to it pretty quick. And uh, I had my brother who was a pretty good cricketer, a handy cricketer as well, and just – he got held, held back a little bit with injuries, but he probably could have played for maybe Geelong or um, if he was good enough, mm. maybe even Victoria. But um, but he got held back quite a bit. And uh, so anyway, I just thought it was in the blood and it's my destiny as well to be a, yes. a handy cricketer. So sometimes you go into these things with that mindset and uh, things turn turn around for you. But uh, no, I just never really took it seriously enough. And um, But I did play, as I said, I played a, lot, I played a bit of tennis. I got into that at a pretty early age as well. Uh, around about age mm. eight or nine or ten, and really sort of kept doing that till I was probably eighteen, nineteen. Uh, Saturday cricket, but you know, pretty handy, but not again, not really enough to do any kind of think seriously with it. Um, and mm. loved my basketball. I grew up in the era era of uh, Michael jo- uh, Michael Jordan. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal was starting his career out around that time as well, and. Uh, just it was mm. massive in Australia in the early to mid nineties. Was huge. It was the Dream Team era and uh, NBA basketball. Everyone was trying to become like the Americans. Uh, every kid dressed like the Americans. We we started listening to rap music. I I was just bopping away at rap music all the time. Uh, Warren G and Nate Dogg and <laughs> all this. Um, but yeah. Uh, and I used to just rage at. I used to rage at the white line fever. I'd, I'd be a little bugger, and I'm not a tall guy. I'm like I'm five ten. I'm um, it was not really much of me at that age, but I would always just try and just square up to these big blokes uh, on, the, especially on the basketball court. But tennis was just me and me against myself. But on basketball court, I was like um, I was just going at these guys, and I, and I lived in uh, I lived in Lara at the time, but was playing my basketball in Corio, which. For anyone who lives in Geelong knows it's a little bit rougher than uh, it's like your western <laughs> suburbs of Melbourne kind of thing. So it was, yep, yep. you don't necessarily want to get uh, into too much trouble. And I got followed home by a couple of yep. guys in there. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just I couldn't help myself. Um, so yeah, anyway, but that's uh, it. Just got to, I, I pretty much loved all sport really. Even had a crack at gymnastics, even though I can't even bend over. Um, so I don't know. What I was thinking yeah. about that. But, uh, did everything. Hey, didn't do pole vaulting. Yeah, oh, that's beyond me. Beyond me. Man, I can relate go. so much. The, it's never too the late. White lines. It's never too late, Ben. It's never too, <laughs> too late, late to pole vaulting. Yeah, your pole vaulting attempts. Um, the masters. Maybe you can put put yeah. That's right. Put that on the uh, the Patreon. I reckon. <laughs> well, <laughs> we if I can raise follow. enough money on Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's pole vaulting comeback. Um, oh, Help I can relate like- <laughs> so much to the white line fever. Oh my god, that was my soccer. That was my junior soccer career in a nutshell. Red sure. cards and slide tackles, uh, and yeah, oh, I don't know what was going on for, for me with that, but yeah, definitely relate to that. Another like, trip to the wilderness every uh, just yeah, that's finish right. the season. <laughs> Have your off season in the wilderness. That's right. Well, what's his name? Aaron, Aaron Rodgers in the NFL is going doing that four day darkness retreat. I'm thinking I might, maybe I should have, I could have benefited from that. Just me in a dark room oh. for four days contemplating the meaning of existence. Um, <laughs> so like, why do you think it became so embedded for you? Like sport, because like there's, there's a lot of avenues as, as you know, as a, as a teenager, as a young adult, as a kid, whenever it was like, you know, you can, you can get into art if you wanted to, you can get into all sorts of things. Why was it sport that, that latched on, you know, so deeply and persistently for you? 
Uh, I think it's it's a good question, and it um, that one. I, I'd like to think that. Well, I don't like to think, but I would consider myself to be a rather reserved person uh, that maybe doesn't mm-hmm. always show my emotions every on an everyday kind of thing. But but sport mm. finds a way of tapping into that for me. So um, mm. whether it's the as I mentioned, the highs, the ecstasy of 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 a of a win, uh, even if it's just round three of a regular season game or whatever, but uh, or, or losing a, a grand final or or a close game by a point. Um, it's the highs and lows that do it for me. It just brings out all that range of emotion, um, and it's good and bad. And not, it's not, it's not, it's okay to be upset every now and then. It's okay, and uh, if you're happy all the time, that's great. But uh, I think sometimes having a bit of variety about how you feel and and just feeling that connection, that that you know, that joy, sharing it with other people, um, commiserating with other people, even though just I don't know how you feel if you've ever been to a, a game at the MCG or whatever. But when you lose. It seems like the opposition supporters have, tri- uh, have tripled in size. Like they're just, uh, I don't know where all the Geelong <laughs> yeah. supporters, maybe they've taken their jackets. It just feels like I'm on an island. Mm. Um, it's a horrible feeling. But, uh, but yeah, look, just, you know, it's probably more as a kid just feeling, oh, you know, playing cricket or playing tennis or playing basketball and just wanting to be like those athletes and clearly never going to do that. But, but you know, oh, that's a really hard, I know how hard it is to do a reverse lap. They make it look so easy. Um, so you kind of get mm-hmm. a sense of how hard that actually is because you, you actually do that. You try and do that stuff all the time. So a lot of just looking at them and going, wow, that's amazing. Um, I wish I wish I could do it that easily. But And they just do it every time with their eyes closed. So, um, yeah. but yeah, no, it's just, it's just uh, for me, it's just uh, as in the highs and lows of, of uh, sport. It does it for me. Um, but I, I do, do enjoy the highs more than the lows, but um, but I think you I think you appreciate the highs a lot more, uh, and it's getting harder and harder for us Geelong supporters. Uh, you'll notice I'll probably bring it back to Geelong a fair bit, um, Jake. But uh, but it is harder and harder to um, understand what it's like to, to be on Struggle Street as a Geelong supporter. Um, we'll get there. Yeah, later. we'll get back there. It's crazy to think, you know, it's a little bit like being a New England Patriots fan. I think, you know, oh. I can imagine, you know, across the 21st century of like, oh, we, you know, we got bumped out in the final four. Well, that season's a failure. Like the the calls for Chris Scott to be fired at Geelong amidst, you know, just endless yeah. prelim final opportunities and finishing first. And I saw the, the, the stats for, I think it was Stevie J from 27 to 2011. He had a win-loss record of something like ninety-five and thirteen. Yeah, in a hundred and eight games, it's absolutely Insane. absurd. Yeah, Insane. We, we, we've we like we might actually have lived through the most successful era of cats footy. I think that it, that you'd be pretty close to saying that in terms of. I know there were some great oh. teams in the in the in the fifties and and sixties and that sort of thing, but. I don't know if they churned out as many wins nah. season after season. I don't have to have a look back. But um, you mentioned Michael Jordan. Is he the Before, greatest athlete? You, oh, yeah, go, yeah, go, go, go. I'll get on to that. But I've got to say, you mentioned a stat. I've got one for you. Uh, we, we, mm, had a nice, uh, we had a chat with Shannon Burns, a former Geelong player, played in a couple of premierships for us. And uh, you talk about the Stevie J stat. Um, Shannon Burns played mm. in 26 straight wins. Uh, so he didn't play in a loss. So you must have had it. Must have had an injury or a week off. But twenty six straight wins uh, at one point in his career. Uh, that was crazy. I didn't even realize until I was doing a bit of research on him. <laughs> I was like, "What? Yeah, How did I don't know that." Crazy. He was uh, such a handy little player and and a local boy up here too. He was a Shep a Shep boy, Shep wasn't boy, he? Yep. Shannon Burns. Yep. 
He yeah. wins premierships yeah. everywhere he goes. Uh, you just come off winning a fourth straight for another deer, I think Deer Park or something like that. So, uh, and uh, wow. two premierships as a runner in the AFL. <laughs> he just he finds a way, <laughs> old old shagger. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, well, so yeah, Jordan, great, greatest yeah. athlete you've ever watched is is is, is that him? Yeah, it'd have to be Jordan. Uh, just every time I every time I watch um, him go about it, I just think he's just crazy. Uh, I just watch his highlights reel every now and then, and you know, there's still that argument all the time about is it is it him? Is it LeBron? Is it someone else? And um, he just brings it's it probably in terms of talent. There's a lot of similarities, and you could probably say they're equal. But he just he just makes magic happen. That guy, uh, and he just makes you fall in love with the game, um, and. You know, if you just if they, if that's if that's the criteria, just who's the best player? Well, maybe it's a maybe it's fifty fifty each way, but uh, six of one, half a dozen other. But uh, but yeah, I just I just love the guy, and I just could watch him all day long. Just watch his highlights on a loop. Just absolutely love it. Uh, and it's a shame he's just turned sixty, I think. So uh, he's probably contemplating yeah. another comeback. Uh, but <laughs> he yeah. played until uh, <laughs> I think he was in his forties, and he threatened to come back as a fifty year old, but. Uh, but no, he's he's doing okay in life. I think he's uh, I think he's making a fair good a uh, good living uh, outside of basketball now. Yeah, I think he's doing all right for himself. Um, yeah. uh, don't mind. Yeah, Roger it's as well. funny. Don't mind the Federer as well. He's a good. He's a uh, he's quite handy, or he was quite handy when he was going around. So those two, quite yeah, up there. yeah. And Federer is like I think features in that exact same conversation, like you're saying, of like how do you compare. You know, we're not just comparing good with great, but, you know, great versus great and the, the legends of a sport. But, like, for me, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but the, the way that Federer transcended to me was he, he just he, – he created magic. He defied what you thought was possible, whether it was bending shots around the net or, or, or that just that backhand, which was just majestic, like – it, it doesn't matter to me. Like people want to compare, you know, it's, it's why I think there's an argument, you know, in, in the NFL at the moment the, as of Patrick Mahomes being perhaps the greatest quarterback who's ever played because I don't know really? if we've ever seen anyone like to me, just like on a game by game basis at his absolute best. Have we ever seen anyone who can do what he can do, like because Brady, there's no one's ever going to catch Brady in terms of rings, um, and I don't know that anyone's going to maybe even catch, say, like Novak Djokovic. You know, he 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 might clear twenty five plus, but but that to me doesn't make them the greatest. Are you in that opinion? Do you have to have the most trophies to be considered the greatest, or is it something else? Uh, I probably part of me is yes. Um, not not I'm not yeah. that black and white about it necessarily, but um, yeah. But it but it does go a long way. Um, it is an element of your greatness. Uh, it, it's like you know, you average thirty points in basketball, but you didn't win a you didn't win a championship, or you might average twenty five points, but mm -hmm. you won six. Like who who are you gonna who are you gonna say was greater? Um, it's part of the equation, I think, is probably where my answer to that would be. So I think it's a significant part of the equation. Um, I don't think you can – there's a lot of – you could apply that to a lot of sports, though, couldn't you? NFL's one and there's other sports where, um, you know, there's a couple of guys in tennis, again, that that competed at a really high level for 10 years. There's a French bloke that's uh, – what's his name? Not Songer. Um, 
I can't remember the other guy's name, but uh, he's been in the top 10 for about 10 years. And it's like, that's, I mean, he doesn't, I don't think he's won anything, but it's pretty crazy to, mm. to be competing at that high level for that long. And yes, he's never going to go down as the best ever, but, um, but look, being consistent, I think is, uh, is part of that equation as well. So I probably wouldn't agree with you on, on my homes, but I, again, I'm not a huge, I love NFL, but I'm not huge into it. Like uh, I'd probably spend 90% of my energy watching AFL. Um, but I'd say the that part of the equation, I think you'd have to sort of keep that up for another few more years before you can say, okay, he's got enough seasons under his belt now. It's not about whether you played yeah. 10 seasons or 20 seasons. I, I don't think that's really – I don't think 20 seasons sort of tips you over the line, I think. But I think you've got to play more than five or so. I think you've got to have a, he, a, a, a long-standing – Yeah, he probably needs to get to four. Four, as in, mm. as in four championships, because you've got Joe Montana with four, Bradshaw two? with four. four. Yeah. He's got two now, two from three. He's been playing since 2017, so he's he's on track. But, yeah, you probably need to get that four to, to be – But I mean, no one's catching Brady. He was, he's just insane. Even you Brady. can chop his career into three, and he'd make the Hall of Fame in, in every third of his career. <laughs> and he he uh, he made the Super Bowl a couple of times as well without winning it. So I mean, uh, the yeah. fact that he was there oh. on the last day, that, that amount of times is uh, let alone. I mean, it's pretty. I always think grand finals or the final, whatever you call it, in whatever sport. It's sometimes it is that coin flip situation. It's, you can you're not always the best team, but if you're the best team on the day, that's all it is, and it does things to your head. Uh, I was just yeah. you know. Again, like just recently with Geelong, I thought, oh, it's probably a, it's probably the even two even teams. Anyone could win this, but, but on the day, everyone, all the people will remember is just how much better Geelong was than Sydney. And it's like, well, two hours ago it was fifty fifty. So, um, you know, that does play a role in it sometimes as well. And you, you know, but if you can get there, if you can keep turning up week after year after year, um, like a lot of good clubs do, um, then I think that goes a long way. And that's why the, the argument about Chris Scott being a dud coach is just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, he's proved them all wrong now with his second premiership. But um, but if you're a coach, um, you know, that can just – or a player that can just be in a team that performs year after year, I, I've got a lot of respect for that type of person, as an as a athlete yeah. at least anyway. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, I've – sort of taken up a bunch of your time here. I just got a couple more for you. One, one is just, yeah. just peeling off that question we just had. We talked about Jordan, Federer, you know, Brady, etc. Who's Who's the greatest footy player of all time, in your opinion? Oh, uh, the greatest footy player of all time. Um, oh, do I want to be vanilla and say Gary Abbott Senior? I don't know if I want to be that vanilla because it's, it's the easiest answer. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Is it junior? Could, <laughs> that's 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 part B of the vanilla question yeah. of the vanilla answer. Uh, look, I think I'll have to. I'll just. I think I'll have to leave it with one of those two. Um, probably senior because uh, just mm. I was just I was just at the footy today and just and just realizing how you watch it when a backman goes forward and. And you see how hard they find it. It's like it's 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 an underappreciated art form being a forward, um, and to and mm. midfielders can be a bit of a dime a dozen. Um, but uh, I wouldn't. It's not. There's not much between them, um, Gary and mm. Junior. But uh, yeah, from what Senior did, unbelievable. Love the guy. Not the best bloke, yeah, but he's, <laughs> he's a great footballer. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah it sometimes comes with the territory of of of, of the great mm-hmm. athletes. I think um, is yeah, sometimes they're a bit they're a bit. A oh, bit of a oh should, I, that's probably. I shouldn't say he's not a good bloke. I should say he's uh, made a few mistakes. Some yeah. pretty big ones. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, um, I shouldn't couldn't shouldn't cast personal judgments on him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to get into I was going to get into some Rex Hunt commentary, like from the modern oh. era, um, earlier. But I thought I'll I'll just leave it alone. I'll just leave it alone. <laughs> uh, exactly. <laughs> something about garden shears, um, or <laughs> was it garden fork or something in that uh, YouTube video we saw? Um, so we I, I want to sort of end the chat too. Like mm. we've we've talked about, yeah, yeah, you. you you know your passion for sport your passion for the cats obviously yep. is evident yep. and so you're involved you've you've founded and you're a co-host on on the hoops show youtube channel what's that journey been like like how 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 long ago did you start that um process and and what's it been like creating cats content yeah, well, you you may remember me as a when I but pre the rebranding of the Hoop Show, uh, and I am not the Hoop Show. I'm the show is called the Hoop Show, um, but yeah, the yeah. channel that I used to have was called Beers with Ben, um, and I didn't really know what I was doing at that point in time. I, and and I, um, I was like, I just want to try and do something creative. I'm not handy like uh, your family seems to be with the, the paintbrush or the pencils, uh, whatever. But uh, I, I want to be. Yeah. I had this create itch to be really creative in some way, and I. And uh, and I thought, well, maybe I. And I've always loved my movies. Uh, loved editing. Mm. Uh, just loved learning about different ways of doing things. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll just open up the the six year old laptop and uh, <laughs> turn the camera, the the horrible camera on, and set up in a dark room and see what happens. So I started doing that and uh, trying a different beer. And I was just, I didn't, as I said, I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, oh, I'm going to have a subject. Got to have some kind of theme. And that was what I went with. And, yeah. um, and I'm like, I just want to talk about the cats. And uh, yeah. eventually it sort of evolved into me mostly just reviewing the cats games. And I was like, hang on, I can't just be this, this guy who's pretending to be this beer connoisseur. It's not who I am. And it's not what I really <laughs> stand for. And I'm like, I, I want to be about the cats. And I, and I just felt like there was a real absence of, uh, a social media i mean apart from the club which does a great job but uh, but they are somewhat constrained about what they can talk about and how that much they can speculate and all that sort of stuff so i felt like there was a there was a need for a voice out there and i, I and you know i don't think i'm the best voice by far i think you guys are doing an amazing job and i wish more people would tune into your other potty and and this one as well but um but I just thought, you know, uh, I think you and I came into that sort of space at the same time. But um, I just thought there was a bit of a yeah. lack of content here around this stuff, and especially for Geelong. And I'd always find myself watching Game Day or some kind of footy talk show. I'm thinking, talk about Geelong, talk about Geelong. But sure enough, that's all about Essendon. It's all about Collingwood, you know, now Richmond. And, all that. and I'm like, I want them to talk about Geelong. But we went super sexy. Everyone was bored of Geelong by that point. And so, mm-hmm. uh, and I was starting to notice all these other channels that were talking, had all these um, couple other. Carlton was had their own sort of uh, the fan channel. I was like, why can't we do something like this for Geelong? So, so that's where it came from, and uh, and then you guys were really supportive the whole way through, and um, it was it was good sort of making some connections with some Geelong people, uh, and that just grew and grew and grew. And then I, I got Paul on board as well, and he's been doing a lot of the one on one interview shows, which are going well, and uh, yeah, and we're uh, ready to pretty keen to kick off a bit of a panel show um, in a couple of weeks as well. So we've got another. Uh, Anna Pavlou, who's uh, one of the uh, SES uh, sports presenters in the morning, she's um, one of the sports presenter, news presenters in the morning. She's coming on the show as a semi-regular panelist as well. So we'll have the the three of us uh, 
um, mm. and yeah, we'll keep that going. That, that's that's been a lot of fun, sort of setting all that up, and um, looking forward to the new challenge of trying to be a show producer while being uh, an on-air um, talent, I suppose. Um, I don't think I'm not a talent, but uh, but trying to do that side of things and also control the show and the different edits and screen yeah. changes and all that sort of stuff. So, so it's lots of fun. I really enjoy doing it. It's a it's a good learning experience, um, and hopefully one or two people out there enjoy it. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's, it's actually been quite quite an awesome. Uh, yeah, what well, like a privilege to watch watch the the growth of of your sort of content and and your, and your channel through Twitter through YouTube like absolute night and day between you know where where it started and and where it is now. So so massive credit to you and 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 you're absolutely right. There was a need for it. I think um you know having you know sort of done a bit of nfl podcasting like that market is so saturated for american sports and i think there's a real value to having independent voices you know talking about the teams talking about the league i think it helps build fan connections around the world not just in australia but 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 around the world it really does help to further the voice of the sport and so yeah i really really yeah grateful to, to have watched the the hoop show journey and yeah feeling really excited about where where it's headed mate like you, you're just churning it out and and it's just it's stacking season on season of of, of yeah improvement so so hats off to that. you you've done and a great that, job i can't say it enough i love your love your show so i love both your shows so um you and the boys uh, it's a bit it's it's lots of fun and i always uh, chuckle away. i always listen to your show at about 11 30 at night i should be sleeping but uh it's not it's not healthy listening to it at night time because i just start i start vibrating in the bed because i'm trying to laugh quietly without making a noise and i get told off and i'm like oh god what am i doing turn it off (laughs) listen yeah yeah i I heard you (laughs) yeah i remember you saying you got banned you got banned from listening to the show in bed because you're just keeping everyone awake with your laughter so that's good that was great feedback that was some of the best feedback we've ever got so um yeah, listen, mate. Thanks so much for coming on this show. Would love to have you back sometime. Um, mate, try and try and stop me. I'm I'm coming back. That's for sure. <laughs> I want to. There's awesome, so much to sport awesome. to talk about. We've only scratched the surface. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'd love to hear. You know, get into the nitty gritty of the NBA and stuff with you because I've I've never been like I've never been bitten by the basketball bug. Um, but yeah, like it's 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 something. Uh, as you said, it it did bite hard for a lot of people in in Australia. I think it must have been at at a certain point in time because it's it's had a lasting impact on a lot of people. Well, so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And NBA, would love to NBL, chat that with you. NBL was really big too at that time. But no, it's been good, mate. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll chat next time around. Thanks, mate. Make sure you go and follow The Hoops Show on YouTube. You can also subscribe on Patreon. Ben and the crew that make incredible uh, footy cards. That's part. That's at least one of the, um, the the bonuses on Patreon that I know. Of. It's they're 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 sexy looking footy cards, um, as well as a bunch of interviews. You heard it with Shannon Burns and all kinds of people from across the the Cats footy spectrum. So make sure you go on over and follow The Hoops Show. Thanks so much, Ben. Until next time, guys, be well and thanks for listening.